0: What's up, everybody? Armand here. Today's guest, we have Cassandra Lauren Gordon. Cassandra's a London-based, award-winning artist and digital content creator, who's the founder of KLG Jewelry. Cassandra's a trained goldsmith, which is really cool, featured on Vogue, Vanity Fair, Forbes, and so many more publications. We talk a lot about artists and creators on this episode, uh, but my favorite part, is when we talk about Cassandra's guilty pleasure which is her love of WWE wrestling. That's right. She's a big wrestling fan. We have a lot of fun conversations on this episode and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Play Hard Podcast.
1: Work hard, play hard, work hard. when you know non-americans see baseball in movies it's like oh yeah <laughs> Everyone goes, pish, 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 pish. but they miss a lot so i'm just like it was like three hours i thought it was going to be like a 45 minutes just have a bit of sit it was long yeah it was a long picnic but it was really nice i mean i went by myself so if i ever went by if i ever went to see baseball again it's a social thing. You can't just yeah. go by yourself. It's a social thing to
0: do. See, our secret is the the home games at the Padres games. They have this thing called Beer Fest if it's on a Friday. And my friends and I get tickets only to the Beer Fest games. They have like really cheap, uh, nice IPA beers. And all the fans just like get crazy for this. And that's, a, that's like a kind of my friend group's uh, thing to go to. I'm personally not a huge baseball fan, but I, I won't miss any of those just because the social aspect of it. It's so much fun.
1: What about
0: uh, are you a soccer fan by any chance?
1: Um football okay, football, football. fan. Um when it's <laughs> I'm gonna football, call it soccer. That's how I grew up. <laughs> okay, cool. Fair enough. Okay, so <laughs> soccer. Um yeah, I guess so. I'm not like hundred I won't like if if they're if they're big high state games I'll watch. I used to be more into football, but yeah, as I get older, not as much. Oh soccer, I'm not, not as much.
0: I love I love watching the Premier League. is that uh, what team is your area in London support?
1: Um, it depends. So the nearest one is West Ham that's ah, nearest okay. to me Nice yeah. West Ham or Tottenham is nearest to me. Um, in North London there's Arsenal, West London you have Chelsea yeah. you've got Fulham.:
0: Yeah, that's some exciting stuff. All right, Cassandra, welcome, welcome. thanks for coming on i'm I'm excited to have you.
1: Thank you. I much appreciate it. but I'm on your platform. I really appreciate it.
0: <laughs> now you are a professionally trained goldsmith. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of these. Professionally trained goldsmith, which is fascinating. I can't wait to, to hear how that happened. Uh, the founder of KLG Jewelry and Comedy AM. Is that still going on? Comedy
1: AM? No, it was a lockdown in life. I haven't uh, done but I was the world first. Morning comedy clubs, so people used to come seven o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, and nice. enjoy stand-up comedy before they went. To work. They laughed on the way to work, which is very important. Comedy good before work—that's excellent. Good start the day.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and you are also a digital content creator. And then there's one hobby that uh, we talked about a little bit over email that I really want to ask you how you got into this, but without further ado let's let's start on the on the jewelry side of things um, on your website you you kind of had that when you were 13 that was when the journey started uh, you noticed how jewelry transformed people what exactly happened then
1: I just saw it differently I think my mom I think sometimes as a person of color I don't know what happens but your mom gives you like hoops some rites of passage and I'm just like oh, I've got to look after these creole hoops um gold hoops I don't know why um people of color just give people hoops uh, girls hoops and that signifies their womanhood but anyway so that's I realized that jewelry equals love it equals trust and strength of relationships and when my mom ever gave me jewelry I, I felt it was a big thing and she it was like a bond between a you know, mom and daughter, uh, my mom's huh. from Jamaica, immigrant parents in the, UK. so it's not the traditional, like, Oh, I love you and hugs and talk about feelings and life. Um, so when I saw jewelry, I saw, Oh yeah, it was like an equivalent of like 10 hugs.
0: <laughs> that's excellent. I love that. I love that. And it was, um, I, I kind of see the, the similar, uh, you really champion heritage in your brand. And I think that's really cool and just like a little funny heritage story on my side. So I'm Hispanic and the the chain that I wear, it's a gold cross chain that I got from my dad. And it was one that I grew up every day. I watched him wear it. Uh, he never took it off. And then one day he just stopped wearing it. And I was looking for a chain just because like, like, you know, with jewelry, they look cool. It really, it's a really great way to spice things up. And so I was looking for a chain. He's like, nah, son, I got something for you. And I felt that, I felt that, Deep. So I get what you mean. Um, speaking of your brand, it was heritage and what else? I, I really like the bold, fearless, and unapologetic. How did that kind of become a part of your company's brand?
1: It developed over time. I think 2020 and you know, lockdown, COVID, all this kind of craziness really made me reflect about my life choices, the way how I put myself online and in the world, and I was just I was just a bit fed up, to be honest. After the George Floyd stuff, not just because of him, you know, it, not because of that awful incident, it's just lots of things, you've got a lot of time to think. I was just like, this is me, and I'm going to put myself online, I'm going to talk about things what I like, I'm going to make jewelry what I like, if you don't like it, you don't like it, and if you want to flock with me, you want to flock with me. And being a jeweler, sometimes of colour, there's so much stereotypes or barriers or you get pigeonholed so because my name is Cassandra Lauren Gordon if they don't see me they think I'm white it's it's a very white sounding name via slavery and like colonialism so when I first started in the jewellery trade when I was selling my own jewellery stuff, people said, don't put no black models on it because you've got black models, it won't connect to white people and you won't it won't get sales. Don't put yourself online too much because people know who you are as a black person and you won't get sales. And th- the companies or the stores aren't like that. So I believed people, you know, I believe them. So I felt I couldn't really be myself online or with my jewellery as much because of what I was told. And because there's lim- I didn't have no mentors or limited social capital in the jewellery trade um I believe these people were I should have just went with my gut and um yeah I I just feel it's important you have to be bold and I know it sounds very Tony Robbins like and regurgitated personal development and life coach stuff I'm going to say to you but please bear with me it's be um yeah I'm going to like just be yourself and be yourself and be unapologetic and everything and literally I know it sounds very cringe but when it happened when I was like f it be yourself things just life just got better <laughs> you know and I started like doing designs that I wanted or I felt you know wasn't too whitewashed and stuff and I started getting in the woods and people seem to gravitate with me more and I just feel more confident of expressing myself for jewelry uh, by just not caring and not trying to get any validation from a white gaze. Um, so that's white gaze. So probably I didn't say it properly gaze with a Z <laughs> just in case, because I sort of don't pronounce my words properly. So um, <laughs> that's how it all started.
0: Interesting. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, how, how, first of all, what, what was the shift that made you realize, you know, F this, I'm going to be myself. I'm going to just put myself out there regardless of what anyone says, regardless of, cause it sounds like you were facing, uh, or sorry, did you get any backlash when you started being yourself? And how did you handle that?
1: I did actually, I did, um, to be honest. So in the jewelry and cur- trade after in 2020, about June time, when the black lives matter movement re submerged itself, um, there's all of a sudden this hyper visibility of, of black people all over the globe and the African diaspora. I'm like, I was here before May, 2020. So why everyone's contacting me and telling me about racism and a lot of performative allyship and stuff like that. So I was just calling it out, especially in in the jewelry trade, because in the jewelry trade, like where you get your diamonds, your gold and stuff, it comes off brown bodies, a lot of brown bodies, there's artisanal miners people get the gold people get the diamonds a lot of brown bodies making people look bling so it's just talking about those type of things and at that time people were listening and some people thought oh she's doing it for her career I'm just like what I don't get any money talking about these certain things I don't monetize talking about these certain things so it's something I'm very passionate about diversity and inclusion so it's very heartbreaking when people accuse you of certain things or for, for instance like um when I tried to raise money for black jewelers in, in the UK did a fund all the money went to black like black jewelers and you know, people are like, oh, she's stealing the money, all these like negative stereotypes, you know, around blackness and like, and criminality and all these microaggressions. I'm just like, wow, you can't even try to do something good. And people will always try to do it. And that's life. People will say good things about you. Some people will say bad bad things. So i just have to just trust my gut, trust my heart and just roll with the punches.
0: Yeah. I like that uh, a lot of brown bodies are making people look bling. It's kind of poetic there, that sentence. Um, there you go. Um, you wait, you do write poetry,
1: right? Yeah, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. Yeah. I love doing poetry. I wish I'm trying to do it more. Um, because I do see myself, even though my main medium in life is being a jeweler, I do see myself as a multidisciplinary artist. So yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't say polymath, but it's just like I try to do different things. So very visual, see myself in the in the visual arts, see myself in the poetry arts as well. So yeah, it it just just naturally comes comes through. And who
0: have you noticed resonates with your work the most?
1: Oh, this sounds like a customer or top like I should do like a what do you call it, what do you call them? These avatars, customer av- av- <laughs> avatars, right? And it kind it kind of shifted um a bit. So what I realised, people resonate with me. You know, I do have quite a bit of American fan base, you know. I don't know, people from Oregon. I don't know, I've sent things to Oregon, uh, Miami, Philadelphia, New York. Yeah, I was just like, how did, how did these people know me? But anyway, uh, thank you for your coins. Um, so I think people who want things, who are a bit pro- progressive in their thinking, and they want things with value and they want something a bit trendy. Those are the people. So I would say now, if it's demographics, about a 60-40 split between people of colour, so mostly white, but about 40% now are people of colour, which is really good because before it was really, really low. So i just like to embrace people um, who want to buy aspirational pieces and invest in black, you know, create creators. So, Yeah.
0: Yeah sounds awesome and another one of your speed themes that i saw was space and uh how did, how did that pop up Where, when did space when did space become an inspiration
1: i just love space i i feel like space is a metaphor for self belief and limitlessness because space is such so much infinity there's so much stuff out there but we don't know and you just got a faith but there's so much different planets and what NASA is telling us is true and stuff like that. So I feel like fly me, the, the collection is called fly me to Jupiter. So if I'm going to Jupiter, one of my favorite planets, I've got to have faith. I don't know how long is a long, long way ahead towards, towards my goal, but I have to enjoy the journey and I have to enjoy the process. So that's how I, I how I see it, like space and these celestial bodies as like bodies of being um, and bodies of like goals and boldness I used to be a domestic violence worker and I just see so much people's lives get destroyed and women and children, souls just, you know, get diminished. And I Mm -hmm. feel like, Oh, if they can just see beyond if I'm I'm, I'm not, I don't be like a a Kim Kardashian person. Like, If you just get up and just work and everything's fine. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is just having that vision. Yeah. I try. But just having that vision, you know, and I think being very visionary is very important because it can move mountains. So that's how I see it. So yeah, that's how I love it. And, and, and I still love space. And, you know, Jupiter is my favourite planet. Planet. It has like 67 different moons just rotating. It's big. It's full of gas. It just spins round. I'm claiming Jupiter. If I could like, you know, but we can't live on it. That's the, That's the only thing. I don't think we can live on Jupiter because of the atmosphere and all this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I there's I I think there's not that many planets we can live on. Uh, we're trying though. We're getting to Mars. We're getting close, close to our neighbor. Hopefully someday. I just hope I'm alive for that to see us get to hang out on Mars. Cool. So um, you you mentioned you were a social worker before, a domestic violence worker, domestic what, violence worker, domestic mm-hmm. violence what what else has your career path been what what kind of led you to starting your own thing
1: how did i get from doing lots of these charity community work to get to jewelry um i don't know i i had this naive idea that i wanted to change the world and i wanted to do community work and i can just help people if i do this community work so i trained as a youth worker as well and volunteer manager like done so much charity work and i just realized that there's only so much i can do in those sectors it's very light on government funding you know sometimes you like you're you're i don't say slave but you're very beholden to your funders and are you really doing the change what you want to change in these restrictive kind of circumstances and are you making people very self-reliant on your services where sometimes i believe I, not sometimes, I do believe in the value of self-efficacy where you have to figure it out. You have to be very solution-focused. You cannot depend on one person because one or that one organisation because once that funding has run out, how are you going to cope and deal with life? So it's a dilemma. I do think there's a place for charities, but sometimes humans can make their own choices and have to live by them okay it's hard. And, and i'm not talking about destitute people who are really like someone you know when i was a domestic violence worker and someone has literally two bin bags and a baby and like i need to leave now and i'm like okay not that not that type but destitute, you know i'm not talking about people like that just they like, just have have a vision so i just want to make that clear but sometimes um i've worked for charities where they will do things for that service user which i feel like hold on are you trying to have a savior complex or you know you're making that person dependent on you where that person can do it themselves so yeah there's good and bad in everything right
0: what do you feel some of the good that you've done
1: in the charity sector or just in jewelry all of it Not to sound very conceited. (laughs) Um, I feel just in most things in life, it's about building relationships, right? And that's what I pride, like, I built some really good relationships with people who I've worked with. I give you an example. So, you know, when I started being a domestic violence worker, I was like in my early 20s, and the women, like, could be 50, 40, and they just looked at me like, who is this girl trying to help me? And they just, they, they gave me so much attitude this whole time. There's so, so much like side eye. But once they got to know me, then not they? Like, Cassandra's all right, actually. She can really help me. She's got the skills and the competency to do, you know? So those kind of things like winning people over, you know, who have some preconceived um, perceptions of me and stuff like that. And also just trying to break barriers. So when I used to run youth services for people who were disabled or had disabilities, it's like challenging their minds and their progression of what they can do. So some people have to think of physical disability or intellectual disability. They're like, oh, we can't go and go to, can't do sailing. You can't do things like any other teenager. You can't do that. And then you're like, no, if, if, people, if you just adapt it a little bit, you might need a, an extra supporter or extra help. Or you might have to modify an activity of things people can have full lives and um it really you know some of the parents will come up to me like I never thought my kid would like get a, like a sailing quali- like a qualification mm. sailing's hard <laughs> I could just about do one thing of sailing like it's very physical I'm, I'm not saying that I'm a captain or I'm like a skipper or anything but um yeah it's just it, it just it just makes you think it's like what people tell you and what you believe in yourself you know, it, it can really determine about your path and about how much you play hard and how much you, um, you know, and what you manifest and what you actually achieve. And I, and I just really hope with those young people I was working with who had disabilities, they can really do anything they want. It's just a lot of planning and patience and adapt and flexibility.
0: Yeah. And that, and that seems like a very valuable kind of lesson learned right there. How was it uh, switching over to your your goldsmithing days? when did When did that start, and why Why did you want to to be a goldsmith?
1: Okay, cool. So what happened was I did an evening course when I was working, and I went to a college. Not I keep saying because I'm an American, so it's just I went to like a, a community college, like a, and just an evening course just to learn how yeah. to make silver rings. And I made my silver ring. And it to me it was amazing. It looks it looks horrible. But to me, I was like, oh my god, I made a silver ring. This is amazing. And then I was like, right, I'm gonna be a jeweler now. Everyone wears jewelry, there's a market. Yeah. Let me, be a Let me get in into this. So that's how it happened. I tried to go to trade shows and I just like self-taught and I tried to do like some courses to help me. Um and that's how I got there. So a very unconventional way of being a jeweler because sometimes In the UK, being a jeweller, you either you be an apprentice, you start being an apprentice when you're 16, 17 and you work Mm -hmm. under a master jeweller or you go to university um, and do a proper conceptual jewellery course or you you get a job in the trade. And I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I just had to figure out how to make it work.
0: Have you done any of the smelting where, like, you burn it and then, like, you pour it into a, a mold or anything like that? Yeah,
1: a bit, yeah, a bit yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, so back. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: What, what was that like? I'm sure that was like a really cool process.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to be careful because it's hot. <laughs> so, you know, you have to, you know, understand the metallurgy, like how metals work on the different heating points and stuff like that. I don't do it often um because um i think i did that when i was training um yeah doing that but yeah i would love seeing it like when metal gets super orange and yeah. liquidy it's you know it's nice it's it's satisfying to watch
0: i've only seen that on yeah. videos but satisfying is such a great word when you watch it being poured down and uh and i'm sure something to be said like you, may, you were a part of the entire process. Not only did you like craft this jewelry from it, but you you saw it when it was the metal heating up and then you poured it and then you made it to whatever shape you wanted to. You were like in charge of the entire process. And that sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Thank what, you so much. Um, okay. So so one thing about this podcast, one thing like a part of the message and what I want to kind of get, get have people take out of it is is a lot of times being an entrepreneur, having your own business, I'm sure like trying to heat up this metal and put it over, like it's a very stressful process. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, what, what are some of the things that you do to deal with that stress?
1: Oh, that's a very good, good question. Can I just preface that with, I thought being a jeweler, I thought, my my romantic view of being a jeweler was that i'm just gonna sit on my bench i'm gonna make a bit of jewelry put it online or i go to a market and i sell it drink some tea and live my life and money would just come to me and life will be fine because oh i made something pretty someone would like it right no i don't know how to be a marketer and bus- and proper business <laughs> i didn't know i have to learn about sales funnels and I have to do proper net uh, spreadsheets and pitch decks. They didn't teach me that at jewelry school. <laughs> I say that because that is the stressful bit. The jewelry making is not as stressful, the stressful bit is the business side and being a one woman band where the marketing takes over your life, or where I have to like employ well, semi employ or f- hire um contractors when i get busy especially around the christmas period of making things because Mm. i have to figure out how to get money in yeah that is the stressful bit and um even trying to do social media like you're trying to make the jewelry trying to keep the customer happy well you have to you have to show you know in social media land you have to like you have to show you're always doing something the news cycle's always short you have to always show that your life is better than you know what it is sometimes and I battle with that because I try to live my life as authentically as possible but if I'm in the business of certain things on social media how do I tell my authentic story but make it accessible and aspirational that people really want to tap into it and really invest it and want to engage in the long term that's stressful because people in social media can and all people but people can be quite. the next day so I'm so so thankful I have so much gratitude for the people who've been who really watched my journey and really invest in me and really invest and buy the jewelry because there's one thing to like and there's one thing to buy so you know having likes and all that is nice but if I don't sell I can't continue and make this sustainable so um how do I deal with it make sure I'm be around positive people, podcasting. Um, I'm talking, just surrounding myself with creatives. Hmm. Because when I don't, and I talk to people who are not creative, and I talk about my creative ideas, it's very upsetting because they always talk you out of your ideas because they don't always see the vision. So it's very important when you know I'm very now very, very about what I say to people if they're not as creative. Because they're always, what's that? Mm, I'm not sure about that. Why don't you do it like this way, like an engineer? I'm like, no, 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 no uh, engineer and two different things. So um, yeah, I'm capital. And I think podcasting help, when I wouldn't have met you. You know, if I didn't do podcasting, podcasting because as a jeweler, on my you know at my desk and stuff, I'm, I I don't have other coworkers or I'm I'm solo. Yeah. So in my head, podcasters people are my friends. In my head, obviously, I know in real life I don't I, I don't know you, but listen to your podcast, you kind of get a feel of that yeah. person without you know you have to drink Starbucks coffee with them or you know all the time. So yeah, podcasting helps.
0: Yeah. And that's honestly part of why I do it is number one, first and foremost, I love talking and meeting to new people or meeting new people. Like it's one of my favorite things in the world. I truly and genuinely get so energized after every single episode I do. Um, And I was talking to someone earlier today and they were like, isn't that exhausting? And I was like, no, that's actually the one part of my day that gives me the most energy is filming an episode, talking to new people, hearing interesting stories like yourself and I saw that you do have a podcast, so it's. Uh, I, I'm sure you know exactly how it goes. But as for the creative side, um, I have a I have a brother who's a very artistic, creative person. He's a musician, but there's definitely certain times when I have been guilty of saying like, "Oh, why don't you like just do it this way?" Or I try to help him with like the marketing side of things, and he very quickly reminds me that I'm an artist, and that's not how I'm going to do it. it. At the end of the day, it, he's very good about saying, this is what I'm doing. I know my vision and like, you don't, you gotta like, this is what I'm going to do. And I, I respect that. Yeah. And I see how important it is to surround yourselves with creatives. Cause that's what he does. All his friends. Uh, some of them are film directors. Some of them are also musicians. They're, they're uh, painters, but every single one of his close friends are creatives like him. And I, I see the, the way that helps him deal with stress. And I, I imagine it's the same.
1: Mm-hmm. But in, in the background, I'm seeing some lovely guitars. Are they your guitars or is it?
0: Oh, no, uh, these are these right? are my this is this is how, oh this way. This is how I get rid of stress is uh, I love playing instruments. Yeah.
1: So you say you're not an artist. I don't understand. I don't I, understand why you try not to claim these titles.
0: It's not that I'm not an I am an artist. Here's the thing. I love making music more than anything. Actually, the theme song <laughs> for this podcast is my brother and I. It's like we both made the song together and that's how it that's how it goes. Um, But it's not it's not my it's not my like skill set and pat not passion because I think that word's overused. It's not my skill set and what kind of drives me. Like I truly love the business side of things, and that's why I want to help. But let's that like it'll it'll be a partnership. Like my brother wants to go in the music industry, and I can help with like the business side of that of helping him grow his brand and everything. So it's it's like a a teamwork thing, I guess. Yeah
1: okay okay so i see you trying to not clip. so you're, you're kind of reclaiming your artist creative title
0: i am an artist i am an artist i go, i just right? i art in different ways i art
1: i appreciate that I really yeah i appreciate that
0: actually have you ever read uh the artist way by julia
1: cameron yes i have it you know what i have shame because i see it, it's all, it's on my bookshelf and i'm like <laughs> I, need to, I get that i need to get i need to do it properly i'm not consistent with it and i think in the next month i'm gonna be really consistent because it's so helpful it's very very helpful it's like old it's an old book but it's helpful
0: that is one of those books she calls it she's like you're not going to want to finish i am guilty of i went i made it to week 10 of doing it and i just stopped Like I had two weeks left. Why did that, what was, what was happening in me that made me want to stop? But no, the writing actually, I, I do another art that I love is I I do love writing. And I, because of that book, I journal every single morning, two pages. And it's, it's truly helped like improve a lot. Uh, I read, I read those journals again. And I think like, wow, I did not know that this was bothering me as much as it is, but it shows up day after day. I should probably do something about it.
1: Cool. No, I'm just, I'm just thinking. Thank you for reminding me. i been looking at that book, and the book looks at me, and I'm just a bit shameful. But I just got to forgive myself for that. Thank you for reminding me about that lovely book. Uh,
0: speaking of routines or habits, do you have a daily routine or any anything like that 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 you follow consistently?
1: So thank you th- about the journaling. So journaling, a bit of meditation. Like um, yeah, write down my goals for the day. I definitely do that. Um, I'm, a, I'm a morning person. So in the morning, I do those type of things. So those definitely top three, which I do. Um, and write down my gratitude and stuff like that. I'm trying to think what is my nighttime. I don't really have a night. I used to have a nighttime, but I usually like, pen down my day, like, you know what I learn and what I'm graduating. but I don't do that, but I, the morning routine is very, very important to me, just to set the day.
0: And would you say any of those habits uh, kind of lead to your success? The I'm sure the goal setting one is a big one.
1: The goal set. The, um, I do affirmations. Well, I forgot to talk about affirmation. Yeah, I, I think so because it just frames the mind, yeah framing the mind and keeping that resilience. And especially when you're an entrepreneur or you run your own business and you don't have a steady paycheck or anything. You are the result. What happens now in my life right now is the decisions I made years and years or six months ago. So what I'm doing now, I'm planting seeds in three to four, six months time of what's happening towards Christmas. So that's where I am. So I, I really need to you know, keep that up. It's like going to the gym, making sure my mental, my mental gym yeah. is, is solid.
0: Yeah, I've I've always said that that a, a lot of the habits are like uh, mental workouts. That's that's why. Yeah, I, I find a lot of importance. I'm a morning person as well, and I notice the days that I don't have a routine, it's it kind of throws me off. What's work life
1: balance look like for you? I don't know about that life. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I feel I'm going to have a, I, in, in my head, in my head, I said to me in April and May, I'm going to have a creative sabbatical. Obviously, I'm going to do my business stuff, but I want to develop my artistic practice. So that book reminded me I need to do stuff like that. But really, I see, my, as I said, I'm a multidisciplinary artist. So I see things visual, it's really looking at references, visual references if I want to do any like films or any visuals for my jewelry, of how do I connect to my, to my I don't say fans but like clients or customers who you know rock with the KLG brand and stuff like that so I really want to do a deep dive into that in the next couple of months really you know hone more into my artistic references and artistic expression
0: kind of a recalibrate yourself get back on get back on track sort of thing
1: Yeah, because there's, I think there's working in your business or working on your business. And sometimes, you know, hmm. the operational stuff is that, like, okay, but being more strategic about it, I need to be more creatively strategic.
0: Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. And, uh, so, so the one hobby that I did want to ask you about is you mentioned you really like professional wrestling. Is this uh, something knew that it, you do? I knew
1: it. I knew it. I knew is this something no, that I you do it. or
0: watch? Okay.
1: Okay, so I have a love and hate relationship with professional wrestling as I get older. You knew that's what I was going to say, right? I knew, yeah, I shouldn't have put that down. I shouldn't shouldn't have told you (laughs) my whole weakness. My whole weaknesses are here. Okay, so I'll tell you the shebang, right? When I was an adolescent, a teenager, love wrestling attitude era. I went to university about 18. I didn't have like cable sky, so I lost touch. I don't know what happened. I think when Undertaker lost his streak, I can't remember. Was that 2016, 2000? 2000, I don't know. That's happened in the last five or six years. I don't know what happened. All I remembered, someone told me Undertaker lost his streak. And I was like at WrestleMania. And I was like, what? What happened? So I that hooked me in, right? So when at that that time when it hooked me in, when he um he lost his streak or whatever at WrestleMania. I was seeing the women's wrestlers, there's a woman revolution, and I say that in uh, in air quotes, the women were getting more airtime. I think Gen Z and millennials are like, hey, you can't just treat them. You can't just do mud matches and one minute squash matches. You got to give them some time, gender inequality, right? And due to reputational risk, Vince McMahon's like, all right, I'll do something with the women. And then I was seeing the birth of how these women wrestlers would actually produced and booked well I was like that's interesting Mm. let me watch that and then like you know stuff with Hogan and Ric Flair and how to just get away with so much slanderous stuff and moral ethical stuff and I was like I don't know if I can turn a blind eye to that I don't know if I can turn a blind eye to that I'm not sure about this so I really but yeah, so it's a love hate relationship because sometimes I feel like, ah, oh, wrestling. He was doing so well. He was and then you made some stupid moves. Oh. Who was your so, favorite? Oh, depending on what era. I mean, I'm more of an attitude era person. So I even I watched WCW before I watched WWE, the Monday Night World War stuff. So I think my WW, WCW people who I loved was like DDP. And stuff like that, but in rest in WWE, I love The Rock, I love Booker T, Attitude Era, um, Rikishi. I mean, there's there's so many. I mean, in that era, I just don't think you just had one. It was all entertaining from start to finish, right? Yeah. When I got back into it after when I heard Undertaker lost his streak, I was more into the women because I was so excited. So like Sasha Banks, Naomi, Natalia like there's so much really good and still good wrestlers. And now like Becky Lynch and now there's Blank Bianca Belair and stuff like that. I love New Day, which is not women's, but the men. I love Usos. I just love all the wrestlers like Cesaro. There's so many wrestlers. So the thing what I love about wrestling now is not actually what happens in the ring. There's like this kind of divided, like people want to know what's like the politics outside of the ring, but in the business of wrestling, I'm more interested in that so hmm. i keep my eye out so i'm still debating should i watch wrestlemania which is coming up should i watch it can i just enjoy it i want to watch wrestling and just suspend my belief and i want to have the ability which you might can help me as a fellow artist how can i separate the artists from the person because to me wrestlers are what you see their characters are ben just dialed up just really really tired, dialed up I when and do some immoral stuff, I'm just like, oh, I can't ignore that. I can't. I can't. They did something to women. Oh they, did, they did. oh, they said something racist. Oh, why do you have to spoil my childhood? Why do you have to be a bit racist sometimes? Can you just keep that to yourself? Because I enjoyed my whole childhood on that. Why do you have to sexually assault somebody? Why do you have to do that? Ah, oh, restless. So, you know what I mean? So I, I want to treat it like a movie. If I can just treat it like a movie, like they're just actors. I can just, I can watch it.
0: Wait, are you telling me that wrestling's fake right now?
1: What do you mean it's fake? I thought, of course not. It's real.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's
1: absolutely real. <laughs> I real didn't grow up,
0: I feel like I missed out. I didn't grow up watching. I remember my friends were telling me of uh, the San Diego legend, Rey Mysterio, all the time. Everyone, yeah, back in the I think phase. he's come
1: back now. No. He's <laughs> come back now, isn't he? And, he's, and he's, he brought his son. He's trying to get his oh, son think This is what I hear. I don't know how I absorb wrestling knowledge, right? And I don't watch it. I don't know if people are listening to my phone. I acquire wrestling knowledge and I don't even watch it. How and you're so passionate it? about wrestling. I, it did a lot for me in my adolescence, man. <laughs> it, it, it did a lot in my adolescence. Wrestling was my, was, was my thing. Um, definitely. And I think they use, and I, I think it's an art form. I think it's, I think people look, look down on it and I think it's such an art form with like storytelling. I know people are like, mm. but it, there's, there's, there's storytelling with their bodies. They're putting their life on the line to tell stories. could be bad stories, but some of them are really good stories and some of them, you know, are quite complex. So it's not always like the heel and the, and the face and the angel where the face, it's like sometimes you want to root really for the bad guy, you know? So it, it's getting a bit, I think it's much deeper and I'm very excited about the women's, sometimes the women's division, um, Does the know, women's division what, have their own what, what episode show? Say again, sorry.
0: Does the women's division have its own show or is it like, No, but
1: they of... t- try to integrate it. They try oh, okay. to integrate okay. it. More. Are they doing tag team? Um, like, and yeah, they have tag team pins now. Um, they have Ronda Rousey, like really? doing stuff, you know, um yeah, and it's nice to see from a personal colours point of view more increase of personal colour representation um in the wrestling industry. Because when I was start when I was watching it, I was like, there's only one black wrestler, woman wrestler I saw, and she was jobbing. So there's a there's a slang word jobbing that always like made them look bad or booked them bad and stuff like that. But now I think times are changing. And I think I know you're from America, like I feel. I can blame wrestling. I'm happy to learn about wrestling. Like, oh, wrestling is this and wrestling is that. But I think the fans are big stakeholders, they can really influence what's happened in the business and in the ring and, you know, people's coins and stuff like that. And I hmm. think sometimes wrestling is like a reflection of society. So if society doesn't change, wrestling doesn't change. Yeah. So and I think I'm holding on to hope that wrestling does change for the better. And just some of the people were a bit dodgy. Just leave the company, or just die off, mm. and I can just like, yay.
0: I mean, my guess is that the reason it, it it is an accurate reflection because if people, if the society didn't like what they were seeing, they wouldn't support it. They wouldn't watch it, and they wouldn't they wouldn't keep giving their money to or, or attention, which is worth so much these days. Uh, but the fact that it's changing is a is a clear sign that like everything's probably headed in a more, uh, inclusive direction. Understood. Understood. And that was, uh, that was, a, that was, you, a thing know my, you know, my.
1: Say again, Mira. sorry.
0: Uh, that was a thing for me was, uh, Oh, sorry. The audio went weird for a sec. Um, is Rey Mysterio. Like, he was like the only Hispanic wrestler out there. So for us being like being in San Diego, where he's from, his song was in Spanish. Like it was just, I don't know. Every Like the people that I knew really was a fan of him. And that's, that was like the only wrestler that I knew. I knew his, his move, the 619 because that's our area code. So any phone number, that's how it started. Um, yeah. It was, it was sick.
1: It was good to watch. Um, what about your other hop? So what, about Eddie Guer- what? What about Eddie Guerrero? I know he wasn't from San Diego. What Eddie Guerrero? He was Hispanic. It was good. I don't remember him. Oh, you don't know? Okay, we leave it there.
0: We leave it there. Okay, (laughs) I'll look him up (laughs) after this. Um, So you're Mm -hmm. currently making a a film as well. Is that? uh, Would you say that's a hobby, or is that more something you're trying to trying to make career-wise?
1: Well, I kind of made it. um, It's going to be actually next month in the London Independent Film Festival. It's kind of made now. So it's called Gemstones, um, Lessons in, Conditional, in Unconditional Love. So that's coming out. Um, it's got selected for the London Independent Film Festival. So I'm very happy about that. And I do, as I keep saying, like, I can merge, merge my skills, my jewelry skills, my visual art skills, my poetry, and how I see storytelling. And I think film is just a great way to do that. So I'm very interested in to making more visual arts um, like that.
0: Nice. Congrats on getting selected. Uh, what's the premise of the film?
1: It's about looking at Black British womanhood. So looking at Black British um, women, moms and daughters, looking at legacy and heritage, what they want to pass on to their daughters, um, what do what do they want to keep, and looking at Black womanhood. So yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a nice, wholesome kind of you know film, and you know even though I love our American cousins out there african-americans and stuff like that it's like it's just a slightly different experience being a black person or black woman in the uk and just exploring those kind of narratives really
0: and And, is there and it's
1: not just for and people watch it it's not just for black people it's just a solid just you know really good film just to really reflect on how people's been parented but just happened to have black people in it just happened to have them in it. So, um, yeah, I, it'd be really good to see, uh, for a wider audience as this film festival, how people receive it and how they um, are impacted by the film.
0: Yeah. Is there a place that I could watch it or if I could put it down in the, uh, in the show description, anywhere I could. I, I, could I just save
1: it. it for film festivals or special screening. So I tried to, but yeah, okay. I might release it online one day, but for now, just making around through film festivals.
0: Yeah, I'll keep up. I'll check it out whenever it, it does end up coming out. That sounds really interesting. And I've, I've always been a big fan. Like I said, I'm a creative, I'm an artist, but I, I have a bunch of artists in my life and my family. Uh, so I really enjoy seeing other people's expressions and just seeing how like, I don't know. I've, I've always been a big fan of people expressing who they are. And the way you do it, unap- unapologetically. Like, it's very fun to watch. It's very fun to see someone expressing themselves. Like, yeah, I-, I would love to check it out sometime.
1: Cool. Thank you.
0: Any other hobbies?
1: Podcasting, chatting about wrestling and getting upset about it and having a conflict about should I watch wrestling or not. Um, sleeping. I like sleeping when I can. That's That's cool uh apart from those kind of hobbies uh not really do you have a
0: uh wrestling in your podcast at all you talk about it
1: no i don't i do not. you know what you should do a you, podcast you me, on you know?
0: wrestling you should do a podcast separately I, you just go over the episodes all your favorites every everything that's happened I, the history
1: i always in back of my mind is like cassandra do just do a YouTube channel on wrestling, do your perspective, <laughs> and call yourself like the sophisticated wrestler with a wine in my hand and just try to be very bourgeois about wrestling. And but I think to myself, uh, it's long, and also like there's so much I can't explain how much wrestling content is there.
0: Oh, it's a commitment oh, for sure,
1: That's so much. But so, think about um, how much
0: fun you would have?
1: I just need to find the right people. So, you might inspire me to find how could I. Right. This is a very inspiring. You have planted a lot of seeds in my head. A, I, way to find a wrestling community which who thinks like me. Because the thing sometimes with wrestling um, fans, they're sometimes they're a bit too obsessed. So you when I mean like a wrestling fan, like could be like you know this wrestler's killed somebody and did this and did that. They're like yeah, but they're they're so good in the ring. And I was like, what that wrestler has so much demons and you can't really support this rest of doing all these horrible things to women. Yeah. but And I'm just like, I can't, I can't do with the fanboys like that. Yeah. So I need to be with people, not saying they're not horrible people. They're not not nice. I need to be people who can like, I'm a fan. However, I can step back and say, that's BS. No. So yeah, you, you're, you're, you're inspiring me. I'm going to do that. I'm going to find my tribe, my wrestling tribe and converse with them.
0: They're out there. They're waiting. They're waiting for mm-hmm. the show, the glass in hand of wine, waiting to to talk about all these episodes. Why did the undertaker lose his streak? These are the questions that people need answered.
1: They need to know. They need to know.
0: All right. Cassandra, thank you very much for coming on. It's been wonderful talking to you and I love thank. to hear about everything you had.
1: I appreciate you. Thank you for letting me come your, um, on your podcast, talking about professional wrestling. Never get to yeah. do this. So um, forget the jewelry, just talk about wrestling all my life and that will pay me the bills. Exactly. So I need to do that. I need to find a way how to do that.
0: Now I just mm-hmm. have a, a couple quick final questions for you uh, to, to share kind of like the content you've been consuming. So we'll get right into it. Uh, what kind of music do you listen to? Is there any songs you like lately?
1: <sighs> okay so there's so much so okay cool so spice so i like spice um dancehall artist jamaican artist dancehall spice listen to her she she talks about trending topics i was gonna i was gonna tell you the the title but might not it's a bit explicit i love um gigs so there's uk grime i don't know if you know what grime is i do you know, know what grime, grime is, is? Yeah. okay cool great. Right. gigs he's on my playlist and I'm thinking, who else? I love um anything old school R and B um from the '90s, so like Drew Hill or something like that, or Cisco or something like that. Yeah. So that's what I'm listening to.
0: Nice. I'll, I'll I'll check out the the first artist. My youngest brother, actually, he's he's the third one in the fam. He's really into uh Grimes. At some point, uh, he really liked like the UK rap, kind of the more I think it was I can't remember what the, sh- the specific genre was, but he was a big fan. He really liked the flow. It's just so cool, like. You guys have a dope accent and it sounds really good in music. Like it's the way the words are used are just different. And it's, it's really nice to hear. I'm a big fan. Um, What about any recent shows or movies that you've watched that you'd recommend?
1: Would I recommend? So what I do with my friends, we have um, cinema club where on Netflix every two weeks, we have to watch something which is subtitled. So non like not an English or American film, nice. Um, so what did I watch? I think I watched Chernobyl because of The Times. Um, mm. that was okay, but there's so much there's so much great films on well, Netflix, which are not American or uh, there's so much. I, I can't remember. there's just so many. So I tried to watch a, um non-American, non-UK films just to get a better look at, at life.: Yeah, that's a pretty cool get-together um and what what kind of books but we don't but but, but we do it on whatsapp so we don't yeah. sit around because of you know lockdown and life so we literally on, on on a sunday every two weeks by 12 o'clock we literally have a whatsapp group and we just type our review and that's it so it's <laughs> low level no nonsense oh, so
0: it's not uh it's not even the the kind of website where you all watch it at the same time in a chat room it's no we just, watch you just we, submit your but, reviews that's it nice uh, yeah, that is that is a lot easier, especially very accommodating of everyone's time. I like that idea.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, what about any books that you're reading right now?
1: The Artist Way, I would read that. Um, but the book I'm reading now is the I, – because I used to buy a lot of books um, in hand. I'm looking on my phone for a reason. I want to get the title right before I get my get myself in trouble. Man Searching of Meaning. Have you, heard, have you read that book by – so this book is about um, the guy who was in um, one of the camps, concentration camps, and how he sees life and he survived and he looked at different common themes, like if you're going to get wow. picked to go to the gas chambers, are you going to stay on and survive? So I just wanted to, for more, mind-searching for meaning, so I just wanted to just look at this book um, by Victor, I can't remember his name, I'm looking at it now, Victor Frank something. Because I just sometimes I really want to train myself to be more positive or to be yeah. a bit more stoic, like just to deal with hardships of entrepreneurship When things don't go right. What do you do? Do you panic or do you carry on or do you find a solution? So those type of things. So I like reading like when people face adversity and what do they do and stuff like
0: that. Yeah. Ways to handle that stress. That's what we're doing yes. here. Mm-hmm. And, and finally, where can people find you? I know you have a podcast. You have a movie. You have a website full of lovely jewelry. Where, where can everyone find all that?
1: Online. Um, so KLG Jewelry. So Jewelry, The British spelling of so J E W E. I can't even really spell jewelry. How do I spell jewelry? How do you guys spell jewelry in the US? Because I always get confused.
0: J E W L E R Y, I think. Great. Right. Um, if I butchered that, please don't. No, that's me. that's fine. So
1: that in out. England, it's J E W E L L E R Y. So K L G, J E W E L L E R Y. I should know that by heart. I don't know why I. Um, no, I think on I Instagram that wrong, it's I mean, the like same looking,
0: thing. I spelled mine fair up. enough. Fair there enough. There we so, go. Um,
1: so like you know, find me there. Um, Black Creative Handbook that's the podcast type it in spotify whatever you want to do find me there and if you're in london at the london independent film festival you know where to find me so yeah i'm I'm around i'm online just connect say hi appreciate it
0: sounds good yeah we're writers not spellers so it's all good didn't have to get it right So will (laughs)
1: throw we're just artists we like who needs to there spell you just need to feel you just need yeah, to feel yeah
0: exactly it and through. and that's the feeling that's the spelling i was feeling i'll throw the link to everything in the in the podcast notes cassandra one more time thank you very much for coming on
1: thank you so much for being very accommodating thank you